This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Go Hayes. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to A's Cast Live, a Monday edition. We have an absolute fantastic show for you live from the field. Whether you're watching on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, listening, athletics.com slash A's Cast. Thank you for stopping by as the Guardians are in town, ready to rock, fresh off a great series up in the Pacific Northwest. So they got to leave spring training, go to Seattle. They handled the Mariners. They're now here, and we have a lot to get into. Coming up, Shooty Babbitt is going to be here at 430. Shooty Babbitt, the Super Scout. You see him on NBC Sports California, pre- and post-game live. I don't think Shooty's got a TV date until May, but uh, Shooty will be here to tell you about. I And and uh, the number one thing for me is is SD Ruiz. I mean, he, he is the guy that really scoot, Shooty scouted and was like, hey, this is a guy that uh, we should really be interested in. Plus the makeup and what to look for with, with some of these players, young players, you know, what to expect now from Shea Langoliers and also just get his overall view of what uh, he's going to be looking at because uh, for the A's, Shooty's going to be going on the road. He's going to be in the bushes. He's going to be out there uh, looking for players. So a lot to get into with the Super Scout, super scout Shooty Babbitt. Uh, Dallas Braden will be here at 5 o'clock. Is that a um, cross your fingers, 5 o'clock? No, I sent him the text yesterday, so we'll find out. <laughs> he told me I was told that Dallas would come on. So we'll see. I never doubt it. I am never going to doubt whether Dallas will be here. I'm just going to say Ruby's here. Ru- can we- I'm not going to pick Reba. Ruby. Reba. Can't pick Reba up, but Reba the dog is here. Reba's not a lap dog. Can you see? There you see. There goes Reba. Uh, Dallas at 5 o'clock, and then the legendary voice of the Cleveland Guardians, Tom Hamilton, will be here at 5.30 as he's one of the best. 34 years as the voice of the Guardians, and, of course, all his years uh, work on the Big Ten Network and call him Big Ten Football and Big Ten Basketball. And then after BP – it looks like we're going to have 
uh, Kyle Muller will stop by. So we'll talk to Kyle. We haven't talked to him since spring training, opening day start. Well, now that he's had that start, now we can get into how nervous were you? What was it like? What was it? Because before you got to play it cool, right? You're a professional athlete. You're getting this opportunity. But, yeah, I mean, this was by far the biggest start of his career. What that was like for him, uh, we will find out. We have the very nice Link Soul outfits going today. I love this pullover. I, this is my favorite thing I own now. I got the I got the hoodie going. That's uh, well, I'm telling you, it's clothing for whatever scenario you're in. Talking dinner, happy hour, party, golf, beach, you name it. Go to LinkSoul.com. I mean, they got all the pants, all the shorts, all the polos, the t-shirts, the hoodies, the sweatshirts. They've got everything you want for any type of lifestyle. But for me, the the fabric is unbelievable. It is such quality clothing, men's, women's, you name it. You go to LinkSoul.com, our sponsor. Um, Today, so I I went over everybody quickly. We have the national championship. It's a Monday. This used to be a time when this would be opening day. We had a lot of opening days where the national championship game was going on. So we'd have all the festivities, all the bunting, all the stuff going on. And the next thing you know, you'd have everybody's in the West Side Club. They're in Mount Davis. We didn't have the treehouse then. But everybody, we would all be in the press box glued to the television. So a little different now as we're a little bit into the season. Do you give the Aztecs, the Spaztecs, as I like to call them. Do you give the Aztecs a chance tonight against UConn? UConn, who, by the way, according to my bat, you know who my basketball expert is. Um, well, we used to work with a lot of basketball people, but I'm assuming it's none of them. Uh, so no, I don't know. The great Alex Jensen of the Stockton Ports. Yeah, he does a little bit about basketball. The voice of the St. Mary's Gales, uh, who ran into UConn. If it wasn't for, I have no idea. I don't follow college basketball until it's tournament time. I did not realize that there was a hiccup early in the season for UConn. They did not play well at one point, and that that part cost them from probably being a number one or number two seed. Uh, they have a Dan Hurley, their coach, is the brother of Bobby Hurley, the coach at Arizona State. Their dad is like legendary. Yeah. Has produced all these different players, high school. We a lot of us who like pit basketball, they wanted we wanted Hurley to be the pits coach, and he he chose the right job at UConn, and he's done a great job there. They went from. Jim Calhoun to Kevin Ollie to Dan Hurley now, and they're 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 having a good year. I I, I give San Diego State a chance though. They have a good team. Uh, that defense, they play defense, and they can they can score. Yeah, I mean this is this is your typical. This is your t- typical. We don't know about West Coast. West Coast smaller. UConn is a blue blood, as they like to say. And people are just going to judge based off, you know, who, what, what conference, the Mountain West. Like, if they don't think that San Diego State has a shot, boy, that will be a, uh, that will be a shocker to the system of college basketball. And what will that mean for college sports if you have a team like San Diego State win the national title? It's like having a team in baseball that is a bottom five payroll team Sneak up there and win the World Series and beat somebody, let's say, like the Yankees. Yeah, well, remember, was it uh, like 12 years ago? Remember when Butler went to back to back national titles with Gordon Hayward? 
Almost beat Duke the first year. Next year they lost to UConn. Got what's-his-name a gig with the Celtics. The Brad Stevens. Now he's like the <laughs> team president or whatever. He went from being the head coach at Butler to head coach of the Celtics to like the team president and GM, whatever he is now with the Celtics. He's the ID, runs the franchise. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. It, it's all because he started a small school in Indiana and took him to the national title game back-to-back years. San Diego State, they play in the Mountain West. I watched a lot of teams in the Mountain West this year. I've gone to see San Jose State play. San Jose State, baby, had a good year. But 20, the, 20 wins. We couldn't, 20 score, wins. we couldn't even score on the Aztecs. No, they're, they're good. There were, there were moments watching. So there's two different times. Uh, it was a game during the regular season. It was a game during the Mountain West tournament where there was a stretch of like six, seven minutes. We couldn't even get the ball in the hoop. This is how good they are defensively. So that will be going on tonight. will be very interesting. Um, here we are. It's the first Monday of the season. We've had a weekend of three or four games. Some teams played four. Some teams played three. We will get into, and it's wonderful to see, overreaction Monday. (laughs) We have people reacting to just three or four games like, oh, my God, what is going on? I want to get into that because I think there's a lot of funny ones. There's no question. But earlier today on High Heat, on MLB Network, Chris Russo, the Mad Dog, had on the commissioner, Rob Manfred. And it was a very compelling interview. Manfred talking about things going on in Major League Baseball. They brought up the A's. What's the deal with the A's and the stadium search? I get that. Um, They brought up, by the way, remember when they had the Tampa deal? And they had that press conference, and, yeah, you know, we're going to redo the area right where the trop is. We're going to build where the trop is. Now, all of a sudden, that isn't so good. Like we told you, don't buy that. They're so far behind. Yeah, it's a lot further behind than you think because their owner now is basically saying, yeah, we're looking at a lot of different things. There's not a full commitment to that site. But the number one thing that they brought up with the commissioner was the new rules. The new rules, what we have found out in literally – Three to four games is an absolute home run. An absolute home run. And there's going to be some people who want to still hold on. Ken Rosenthal, I haven't read the article because it's just recently come out in The Athletic. Like, will the the pitch timer rob us of these great moments? What moments? Memo. I I haven't been able to read the article. It's going to be something ridiculous. But Memo. People weren't seeing those moments because people stopped watching the game because it was taking too guy too. Oh yeah, too. You Good know thing what? The FCC long. doesn't regulate us. Taking too blank, blank, blank long. <laughs> it was ridiculous. You heard me bitch and complain about it <laughs> night after night on the post game show. And you know what? I was right. The commissioner is right. The game is right. I have numbers in front of me from the first weekend just to compare last year to this year. Opening weekend. We're not talking last season because we can't compare this season. We've only had three to four games. But we can't compare weekend to weekend. Let's just do time of game. Last year, at this time, first weekend of baseball, the average time of the game was three hours and eight minutes. It's not good. It's a long time. Now, you're going to see that the average time right now is 241. But it's even better than you think. That's overall because we've actually had a couple like, extra innings. Like the Guardians and the Mariners yesterday play extra innings. In just nine inning games, nine innings, it's gone from 308 to 238. I, did, I, I took it one step farther. Cody, too. that's a full 
half-hour yeah. difference well, in games. I'll take another 10 minutes off. Eight, the average A's game right now is two hours and 28 minutes. I looked it up. I mean, even the game where you gave up 11 in one inning, the game went 224. Yeah. Two hours, 28 minutes is the average time for the A's games. I know, small sample size, three games. Two hours, 28 minutes, the average 230. It's pretty good. And getting people to call me in, it was so – and you don't want to rip people. I don't care about the time. Yeah, because you're probably somebody. And I didn't want to get into, uh, are you married? Do you have a job? Do you have kids? What's your situation? What really is your situation where you think night after night you can show up and spend three-plus hours and you don't care how long the game is? You clearly aren't bringing kids to the game. And, 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 and let me tell you something. The hardcores, we already got you. It's the casual fan that makes the difference. The casual fan is what makes leagues the money. It's the casual fan that changes the sport. For instance, World Baseball Classic. It's the casual fan, not the hardcore fan. The casual fan got into it. The hardcore fan's been there for all the different World Baseball Classics. But the casual fan got into the World Baseball Classic and gave it historic ratings this year in the United States on FS1, where most people can't even tell you where FS1 is, and most people don't even have cable. People are finding these games because the casual fan. What makes the NFL so big every single Sunday? Because the casual fan watches, just not the hardcore fan. That casual fan watches. That's why they have. Why did years ago American Idol was getting 30 million people to watch per episode? Because the casual fan, the hardcore singing fan, yeah. I, it's pretty ridiculous. But that, that, that the average person goes, oh, this is interesting. I want to watch. That's when you get true ratings. And by making these, and it, we won't have the ratings yet, but we're, all, we're already seeing what they implemented. You want... Babbitt, you're a big Babbitt guy. Batting average balls put in play. So last year, Babbitt was 280 for his opening weekend. This weekend, 305 without the shifts. Pretty good. 20. That's 25 yeah. points, and your batting average is balls put in play. You want regular batting average, 230 to 245. So we've shrunk the games, and we've made more action, more offense, more exciting. Oh, you love OPS. On base percentage last year, first weekend, 308, slugging 374. First weekend now, 323, 392. So OPS way up. So your on base, your slug, your batting average, and stolen base attempts. My God, there was only 43 stolen base attempts last year in the first weekend. This year, 84. Yeah. And you want to know the difference? How about this and the success rate? So last year, first weekend, 29 stolen bases out of 43 attempts. That's 67.4%. How about this year? 84 attempts, 70 steals at an 83.3% success rate. What did Himbo tell us? Uh, the th teams are selling more. It was the Diamondbacks use, right? Or but Hembo said you got you got to steal yeah. over 77 to 78% to even think about making it worthwhile. So last year your clip was below that at 67.4 according to Hembo our data analyst said no that's not worth it. Well if I'm stealing at 83.3% in baseball right now first weekend uh it's worth it. I found two things about stolen bases. 
As of today, Bass was on pace for 3,400 steals throughout the entire year. That will be the most since 1999 when there was 3,421. That's a good That's a good sign. Hembo had this on Twitter. Across the entire 2022 season, no team had multiple games with five stolen bases. The Orioles have done it twice already. Orioles 10 for 10 in stolen bases. So you're going to see teams take advantage of it. I'll tell you my biggest disappointment. Guess what my biggest disappointment is? And it's from out here. Um, three games. The A's have played three games. Run scored? Three games. The A's have played three games. And they've scored three runs? Is that what you're getting at? A's, nope. Pitchers not going deep in the games? Although Waldachuk pitched five and two-thirds. Nope. Ruiz. Oh, no steals, yeah. Hasn't, uh, hasn't even tried to steal. Here, I was I was talking. I can get you. I have it right. I God, I still have it. I have it in the portfolio that you don't like. Uh, I had this note on my A's stationery from spring training. Will the A's change their offensive strategies to be – the wind's killing me here. Will the A's change their offensive strategies to be competitive this season? You want to know how spring training works? See, during the regular season, let, let's just show fans the difference between – the preseason, the regular season. During the regular, I got I got the MLB notes. I got notes on every single game. I've got more notes. I have more information. I have more data than you, than you could even think of. It would take us, how many hours would it take to do a show on all this? Uh, I would say at least eight. He puts together the playbook that has all the guests, all the notes, all of that. Spring training, we go down to Arizona. We, what we call in the biz, a one-sheeter. Uh, I got this. <laughs> this is what we do in spring training. I'm in the hotel. I write for a few things and say, let's go do the show. But my main thing in in, in Arizona before the season started, will, will the A's change their offensive strategies to be competitive this season? Ruiz hasn't attempted a stolen base. Like, you know, However, however, this team is going to be right. I, I mean, I if this team is going to win some games, whatever. I need to see the certain guys that I want to think of as the future of the Oakland Athletics. And when I see Esture, Esture Ruiz has reached base three of ten plate appearances so far, and has yet to attempt to steal. I think he he did go to second on one. It was indifference, but. He stole 85 bases in 99 attempts in the minors last year. 99 attempts. He's in the cage right now. Well, he just stepped out of the cage. Well, hey, you know what? He gets on tonight. I know he's batting ninth. He gets on tonight. Let's go. Let's go. And that's Judy Babbitt. I can't wait. Hey, at, at some point, they didn't score a lot of runs. Right? At some point, you're going to have to say, how are we going to score some runs here? And if you get guys on base – and you're going to do what you did yesterday with Tony Camp trying to lay down a bunt and then hitting into a double play? Uh-uh. Let's start running. And we'll talk to Mark Kotze about that every single week. Hey, when are we going to become a track team? Yeah, and I mean. When are we going to start running? The the three runs is is a little, I don't know, I, would, I guess, you, uh, you know, worrisome. Only their t- Detroit scored three. I think it was the team that scored four. Kansas City. Yeah. Detroit, Kansas City didn't score anything yeah, yeah, Detroit scored three runs. Hey, that, that just doesn't. That rebuild is not going well in Detroit. But, uh, but. That's what a rebuild is. You go with young players yeah, and yeah. try Yeah, they're, they're playing. Uh, so Twelve will sit in green or playing. I, I, you know, 
let's throw it out there. I mean, if you're going to go through it, if you're basically saying we're going through a full-on rebuild, I have no problem with, okay, this is the process, and you play a bunch of young players, and there's going to be times where those young players shine, and there's going to be other times where those players get their brains beat in. But at least you know the direction and where they're going. So I, I don't technically, technically have a problem with it. I do want to get into the fun part is overreactions. Three to four games, that's it. And people are just, they're giddy about things. Like all of a sudden, the magic of Bruce Bochy is back. Texas. They were all there for Sunday night baseball. I heard that uh, you listened to Buster. I haven't listened to Buster yet. So Buster Only's podcast, he was in the airport doing it. Tim Kirchens talking about, you know, Bruce Bochy. I mean, they were going off. And it's fun. I mean, and I'm happy for Bruce Bochy. Friend of the program, Bruce Bochy. That's right, he is. And they actually did tell a great story about, about Bruce Bochy, about how he did admit, you know what, everybody thinks I was pushed out of San Francisco. I mean, he's 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 saying the right things, but he goes. The reality is, I was done. Like I was done. But what happened with Bochi was, Bochi went. How about this? Back surgery, hip replacement, and knee replacement. That's three major surgeries that he had. And then after he went through the surgeries, and after he went through the rehab, all of a sudden Bruce Bochi felt good again. So. Maybe we overplayed a little bit how much they were pushing him out. Maybe he's underplaying it a little bit, but whatever. He went, had the surgeries, now feels good, and that's an interesting story. The magic of Bochi is back. Through two games, they played three, but through the first two games, they scored 27 runs. That's the second most runs scored ever for a team through their first two games. Um, I'd say the, the Bruce Bochy's touching all the right, pushing all the right buttons there. In Texas with Marcus Simeon and Nathaniel Lowe, not Lau, Nathaniel Lowe and Corey Seager and you, all the guys you, they brought you, in. You on a roster are one of the very few that have Lowe and Lau. Yeah. But, oh. when I, but when I need to improve my home, I go to Lowe's. Lowe's yeah. I don't go to Lau's. Yeah. Remember so, that. Uh, they're also, t- uh, the Rangers' bullpen has a 1.42 ER over three games. It's oh, pretty good. everybody. The teams who have bad bullpens versus good. All right. Here's one that sticks close to home. Do the Dodgers have the best Thompson? Does Trace Thompson have a better probability of winning an MVP than Clay Thompson? I mean, I think you could throw it out there. What was more, what was more impressive, him, him hitting three, run, three home runs versus Arizona uh, or Clay Thompson scoring 37 points in a quarter against the Sacramento Kings? The Sacramento Kings back in 2015. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that the three home runs is pretty impressive, but – 37 points in a quarter is uh, outrageous when well, Clay did that. <laughs> well, well, thank you very much. I, 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 am, I, I am going to give you some, some Trace Thompson knowledge that I don't think anybody here, including Clay, knows. Are you, ready, are you ready for me to wow you with the Splash Brothers baby brother? Yes. Okay. I forgot Trey. They're like, like a year or two apart, right? Right, Trey, yeah. So – and you know how much we love Clay. Clay is one of my, if I have to say, my favorite basketball players of all time. Clay Thompson would be one of my favorite. Good basketball player, players. great personality. I love. I've. I've. The the time back when I was covering the Warriors, 
and I got to interview him. He was a great dude, and I I love his game. I love I, I love everything about Clay Thompson. I like how he goes in the off season after winning a championship. He goes off to like Mexico with Instagram models. There's everything about Clay Thompson that I love. He rides around and he he. He I, comes I, to A's games and drinks beers and yeah. eats nachos. He drives around a boat in a bay. I mean, and what's the captain's hat on? That's what he does. Clay Instagram Thompson, lives it. Clay Thompson is one of the coolest dudes ever. I love Clay. But did you know in the National League since the 2012 – and I want Ray, Ray – so Ray, so between the two of you guys, you guys think you know everything. Is that correct? Yeah. The Karate Kid, Ray, you can't see him on camera. Is that correct? Between the two of you, you think you could solve all of baseball's problems? Sure, sure. I like okay. our chances. Did you know, since the since the All-Star break of 2022, who has the best OPS since the All-Star break in the National League since the All-Star break 2022? Who am I? Uh, I feel like this is a slam dunk if we can. Well, I mean, you're going to think of a guy that plays for the Cardinals. Uh, Goldschmidt. Uh, You're going to think about a guy who plays for the Phillies. But you may not know which Philly. Not Harper. Schwarber. Trey Turner. Cassianos. He's still there, right? What other Philly is there? Uh, Reese Hoskins is hurt. A guy, he was a fish at one point. Oh, JT Rumuth, though. Okay. Uh, a guy that uh, plays for the Cincinnati Reds. Joey Votto? Not, not Votto. It would be uh, – Not my friend Votto. By the way, Votto, who uh, first – I believe first pitch Joey Votto saw in rehab hit it out of the ballpark. Because he cares about hitting home runs now. A Reds player. Guy. Who's even on the Reds? Will Myers. I don't, even who's on, I don't even know who's on the Reds anymore. Because Votto's hurt and they signed Will Myers. I should have. I listened to their game against the Pirates the other day. No. Tyler Nobody? Stevenson, their catcher. No. I just Did you lose it? it? I lost. <laughs> it's Fraley. Oh, the from Seattle. Okay. All right. So, who am I after hitting 3 home runs? I still from the All-Star game of last year in the National League to today, I own the best OPS in the National League. Uh, Trace Thompson, is it 584? Trey, no, it's over 1,000. Oh, OPS. I'm sorry. OPS. I got I got a, I got it since – I have it here. Since being acquired last June, he has a – his uh, on-base 370, his slugging is 584. That's – yeah. See, if you follow along, Cody has his numbers that he's dying to get out, so he won't listen to the question. OPS. Yes, it's over – so it's over 1,000. Trace Thompson yeah. has the best OPS since the All-Star game. That is a not – Small sample size. No, and he's not a star player playing for the Dodgers. He's a guy they acquired from Detroit for literally nothing last year. So, overreaction, I will win an MVP before my brother does. <laughs> overreaction. Actually, no. You know what? Because I don't think Clay's going to win one. So, I guess it's it's not an over or underreaction. Uh, I think it's just fair. It's a fair point. All right. Uh, where else do we want to go with these? I threw a bunch of a oh oh today's a must win for the Phillies <laughs> the Phillies the Phillies Phillies got swept in Texas right the Phillies got swept in Texas they're now going to New York there's been like five teams that have been to the I got a list of the five teams that have been to the World Series and then started out zero and four the next year no team has ever started out zero and five is this 
a must win for the Philadelphia Phillies in game four of the season. Yes, I think it is. I think it's a must. If they don't win today, I, I think you got to start considering moving on from some guys. And maybe it was Rob Thompson, the right hire. But no, it was, who are the teams? I think I have it. The Orioles in 84, the Reds in 71, the Dodgers in 67, the Reds in 41, and the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1917 were the other teams uh, whoever lost, who lost their first four games. I think this is a big game for Philly. Who's, do we know who's pitching for Philly? Uh, I can look it up. Because Nola and Wheeler got smacked over the weekend in their first series against Texas. You know, that is, you, you know, there is something about championship hangovers. It, it's, it's, it, there's something about it. I'll give you another one. Do you see who was dealing, the left-hander dealing yesterday for the uh, Washington Nationals? I didn't watch the Nats game, so no. A guy by the name of McKenzie. Mackenzie Gore. Well, you okay. didn't know. Well, as soon as you said lefty, then McKenzie, I knew it was Gore. Big guy in the Soto trade. McKenzie Gore was dealing against the Atlanta Braves and got the win. So. Juan Soto's hitting one. Uh, hitting. Uh, Josh Bell's here not hitting for the for the Guardians. Juan Soto continues to be awful. It's just three games, but. He's one for 14. He's been awful. He was awful since he got. Can you say overreaction Monday the, that the Nationals won the Juan Soto trade? On paper right now, yeah. I mean, there's no other ways to put, look at. Since he joined San Diego, Soto's hitting 224 with six home runs and 18 RBI. Um, that's not the uh, $500 million kind of player that they're looking to get, right? Um, can't walk your way to an MVP. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, that, I think that's not an overreaction right now. That's not an overreaction? Uh, well, I'm, All right. And how about Senga made his debut for the for the Mets with the ghost splitter? You can call it a ghost yeah. fork ball, but it's a splitter. And he's got the ghost on it on his glove. Did you see that? Yeah, no, I did not. That was sweet. It's, I like the pitch though. Is Senga's pitch the best pitch in Major League Baseball? Overreaction Monday. Overreaction. I need small sample size. That thing's dancing. That small splitting. sample size. That's what, is it? You know what I love? The Japanese pitchers. Always have nicknames for their pitch. Remember Daisuke had the gyro ball? Yeah. Um, and, like, you, Darvish, shows, like, eight different types of fastballs. But the fact that they have nicknames yeah. for them. The gyro ball, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. I mean, it's great. The ghost splitter, the ghost fork ball. All right, last one. All right. Before last, Shooty's here. It's a great Shooty Babbitt here. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. The Mariners. <laughs> the Mariners it's are in trouble. Shooty trou- Babbitt. The Mariners are in trouble. Stick up. We have a bet. A Mexican food bet, because we can only bet food on this program, because we are Major League Baseball employees, and nowhere does it say in the Major League Baseball Major League Baseball handbook, even though we've never gotten one, that we can't bet food. I can't bet him five bucks. No. We take, we can't even bet a dollar. It's that ridiculous. We can have deals with DraftKings. We can have deals with MGM, but we can't bet each other a dollar. I will say this. We can't bet food. So we have a dinner date. Are the Mariners in trouble? Are the Mariners? Uh, yes. Wow. Panic. Over Can you win with Logan Gilbert? You panic. Uh, Robbie Ray's on the injured list. Oh, Robbie Ray's already on the shelf. Yeah, it's that's not good. J Rod did J Rod peak already? <laughs> he got his contract. Right, I'm gonna he, I'm gonna hand the headset over to shooting after that. <laughs> Jared Jared Kelnick will never be the MVP. Yeah, overreaction Monday. How about Giants fans? Giants fans were panicking over the weekend about their performance against the New York Yankees, and then the Giants today went out and pounded the White Sox. Overreaction Monday. 
I have to tell you, the man to my right, you see him on A's pre- and post-game live on television. He is the best-dressed man at NBC. But that's a side gig. That's a side hustle. Who he is in real life is a former Major League Baseball player, longtime scout, considered by many to be the best pro scout in Major League Baseball. Whether he's scouting guys at this level or you send him down into the bushes and finding guys down at the minor league level, very successful, many organizations, and we are very lucky to have him with the Oakland Athletics. Oakland's own the great Shooty Babbitt with us here on A's Cast Live. First appearance of the 2023 season. How are you, my friend? Um, outstanding, Tony. Um, first of all, happy 2023 baseball season. Um, I, first of all, would just like to pay honor and tribute to all the people here in the Oakland A's organization. Your young people are doing a fantastic job promoting, um, putting things together to bring people into the ballpark. The energy is just astounding. It started in spring training. Actually, it started in fantasy camp, working around a young group of anxious and ambitious people, and then getting a chance to be around the young players here in Oakland. I mean, this is, um, if there was a mantra, in my opinion, it would probably be something like, just wait, just wait, because these kids are special. They've got an opportunity to do some damage at this li this level, but we got to remember, you know, this is baseball. This is not the microwave. You know, you got to take your time and let this thing simmer and let this thing cook and become the menu that it could be. So it's more a crock pot than Absolutely. A no question it's gonna about it. It's going to be 8, 10 hours. It's not going to be 30 seconds. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's talk, first of all, because we've been trying to really promote this on Ace Cast Live, and we've played the video. They're now playing the video in the stadium about really which is near and dear to your heart is fantasy camp we got to go down there for the first time fantasy camp it was incredible it was it exceeded my expectations i was like man this would make a great gift if you just wanted to go awesome but it also make a great gift like christmas gift birthday gift to basically be a big leaguer to go down there wear the uniform to be around a's grades to have the trainers the training room i mean you're going to Top Golf. You're playing TPC Scottsdale, the sister course to where they played the tournament. I mean, it, it's cocktail hour every night. I mean, this is like, it's a it's an incredible trip, and really, you you're the ringleader of this. I know this means a lot to you. Tell people. I mean, I can only say it enough. Tell them this is special to go down there. You're building friendships for a lifetime. It's incredible. Um, getting the opportunity to be a part of it. You know, Dave Henderson is what kept it together. Um, God rest his soul. Um, the A's were struggling. The A's weren't <clears throat> part of a conducting a fantasy camp. And then they took it over. But the experience, the opportunity to be around people that have been cheering for you, pulling for you, um, have their heroes, get an opportunity to be coached by them, um, have lockers shared by them, hear the stories, understand that they're real people. Um, there are not a lot of people that knew that Dave Stewart was the kind and sweet and, and generous person that he is just because of the person that they only saw in between the lines because, you know, he could scare you out of an at-bat just by looking at you. But the person that he is, um, you get a chance to see that side of it. When they bring you in there, they treat you like major leaguers. You've got a major league uniform. 
uniform. You're in a major league clubhouse. You're getting treatment by major league uh, trainers. Um, they lay it down just like you're in, in the big leagues for a week. And to do it, to have that experience, the friends. I've got friends that I've been knowing ever since I started uh, Fantasy Camp 15 years ago that have been friends that have been uh, mentors that have helped, been helpful to people in my family. It goes on and on and on. So it becomes like you're more than just a friend. You're like family. I mean, one of the biggest ace fans that we have, Steve Douglas, I can't tell you how much he pours his heart into this organization and the things that he's trying to do to enhance opportunity for people of color, people that are uh, underprivileged, if you will, that want to become part of the fantasy camp. So that just goes to show you about um, the life um, lessons that we learned in the fantasy camp, just not the baseball, but the people and the things that they want to do there. Yeah, I, I got to be real honest with you. When we got there, and as somebody, I've been doing this a long time, right? And I, I've had the privilege of doing a show on a Major League Baseball field. I've traveled in Major League Baseball. Like, you'd think I'm pretty jaded, right? So I get down there, and I'm and I go, and I'm taking pictures for the show and everything. And I go up, and it's Dave Stewart and Dallas Braden talking to the pitchers. And I kind of, and I was like behind everybody and I was just kind of being a voyeur. And I was like, damn, this is really cool. Like Dave Stewart's in uniform. It's not like, I mean, I do TV with Stu, but he's in a suit or he's in a polo. Dave Stewart, he's got the brim turned down. And I'm like, wow, this is really special. Like I was like kind of blown away about, you know, Dave Stewart's talking pitching. Dallas Braden's talking pitching with these guys. And it's such an intimate situation. And then you go out, and wow, then you got Terry Stein, Steinbach. I mean, you got – it was – I was blown away. Every year um, I get blown away. You know, Ricky's been there. Uh, Campy is there. Blue Moon Odom, Vida. Uh, anybody that has had an opportunity to attend, Conseco, I mean, you name it, Carney, Carney Lansford's there. Carney, yeah. So it's just it's, – it's great history. Um, it's an opportunity. You know, I've always been a judge in kangaroo court up until a couple of years ago when Dallas joined the crew. And let me tell you, this dude has taken it to a whole nother <laughs> level. So we've worked together. Um, there's been a time that we respected the ladies and we didn't want them to be a part of what goes on in there because of some of the language. Guess what? They invited them this year and the ladies had more fun than their husbands. Just seeing their husbands act like boys and enjoy the game that they love so much. So uh, if you have an opportunity and tell I would be remiss, man. Uh, let's go. Let me rewind this a little bit. You calling this overact Monday. I call this thankful Monday, man. <laughs> I want to congratulate you, my man, because we've been doing this for a lot of years, and there's been times where we didn't have absolutely nothing to talk about, but you found a way to keep the people that were listening interested. These days it's difficult unless you're a real fan and you know where to go. Man, you know if you go to Chris Townsend, you're going to hear everything you can about the A's. But for how many million listeners did you have last year? Uh, it was over like 1.2. Unbelievable, yeah. man. And just your heart and your passion and what you've been able to do and allow us former players to have a platform, to have our voice heard, to give us an opportunity to express ourselves and talk a little bit about our experience with the Oakland A's. This is my 46th year being involved in a part of this organization and this 
people here that make me feel like family. So whenever I get an opportunity to talk about the green and gold, man, it's a special time. So, man, I appreciate you having me whenever you do. But, man, people here should have a whole lot of thanks for you, man, because you've done a tremendous job keeping this together. Well, that's why it's so tough for us who are around the organization because we know how good the people are inside this organization, what they've meant to all of our families, right, what they've done for us personally, what they've done for our families. And there's a lot of criticism out there, sometimes very warranted, but it's still tough for us because – this organization does mean so much to us because they've touched us in so many different ways. But thank you for those kind words. That means a lot. Um, and you've been a, a very good friend to me in all the different places I've been for all these years. One of the reasons why we wanted to have you on today is I think about Ruiz. You're one of the big reasons why he's here. What did you see in him that made you say, got to go? I don't know how we get him because you tried to get him last year from San Diego. Now it's like now he's moved on in the hater deal. Uh, it's like how do you get this guy? Uh, I was fortunate enough to sprinkle a little ingredients uh, on the product. Uh, the San Diego Padres organization is a team that I cover the A ball and the Double A club, and I also cover them in spring training. Uh, you know, I'm a type of scout that I give the player the credit. I like a player, but it's up to the player to make me love them. Um, I went into San Antonio a couple of times, and I saw Ruiz play a couple of times. And I like a player that impacts the game. You know, everybody can't be Superman. Everybody can't hit the ball out of the ballpark. Every player is individually gifted in their own way. And when you get to double A and when you get to this league right here, it's more will than it is uh, the matter because the matter of fact is that you have skills. The, the will is if you're going to be able to impose your up here. And – if he wasn't hitting, he was taking one away. If he was on the bases, he was creating havoc. He was running on the field. He was running off the field. You know, I thought he was a lean guy. I thought he wasn't strong enough, but the way he battled in the box and he didn't give away at bats, and sometimes it looked a little unorthodox, but one thing I learned as a player and even more so as a scout, unorthodox a lot of time is good because they do it a little differently, but even though they do it differently, it's allowed them to continue to have success. Uh, he came in here, took a job. What can you say? Um, we've got to be patient, bro. You just can't come up here and destroy the big leagues. It's going to be some ups and it's going to be some downs. But I've seen some skill that plays at this level. It's just going to be a matter of he's going to be able to slow his heartbeat down every night, man. Look how he came out the first three nights. Otani, uh, the guy that's just pitching the biggest game um, in a tournament this year in the WBC. And then you get a funky guy to come out here, deceptive, everything. Every night in the big leagues, you're getting the best that there is to offer. So taking that game to here, being who you are, remembering who you are and what got you here, I think is going to be the key for him. Uh, big ballparks, man. Uh, the ball don't go out of the yard like you do in San Antonio here. Sometimes you're going to hit one right on the button and just spray the ball in the gaps, get on base, create havoc, and score runs. That's what I saw. That's what I hope I continue to see out of that young man. And it's an organizational choice, and I'm just grateful and thankful to be a part of that. Well, I'll tell you what. He's got legit speed. It's just not he's not fast. It's not that he's just an athlete. He's got legit speed. It's top of the skill speed. It's the type of speed that, you know, if they get a good jump and they're going, they're gone, you can't do anything about it. You know, I played against Eric Davis. He was the kind of guy I'd play second base and stand on the base and hold him at second base. He still took a league and, and stole the bag. You just could not stop him. And I think Ruiz has that type of um, speed, impact speed. No question about it. What other young players, whether they're back at AAA now or they're 
here that you're excited about? I'm excited about Lawrence Butler. How could you not be? I mean, this is a guy that hit close to 500 in spring training if he didn't hit that much. And every time he got an opportunity, he shined. Sometimes people say you can get fooled by spring training. I, I, I beg to differ because I think for every individual, and especially in an organization like this where it's a land of opportunity, and if you come in here and you get off and you get down, you got a chance to come in here and take a job and, and establish a major league career. Well, Lawrence Butler hadn't been in big league camp. They played him in the A games. He's hitting in the top of the lineup. Every time he got an opportunity, he, he hit. shot somebody at the yard. <laughs> he shot somebody in the gap. His, it, and I think the more impressive thing about it all, even though the things that he did on the field, it was how he prepared himself off the field. He was a guy that came in last year, the last couple of years, with a first base body somewhat. He came in there with a center field body this year. And what that shows me is commitment and a guy understanding that seeing guys who he played with in Atlanta with the Harrises and those kids up in Georgia that be balling their tail off and he's competing against those guys in the park and they get their shot, he came into spring training like, man, I got to be just like my boys. And if he continue to play like that, and let's not forget about Denzel Clark. Let's not forget about Soderstrom. Let's not forget about Zeloff. When I talk about the kids are coming and be patient, be patient, man. There's some kids coming, but there is a process in, in, in this thing, what you're doing here. You just don't roll them out there. I saw a team today on TV that got a $700 million payroll and got waxed. Got their <laughs> natural toe off. So you just can't You hear about the Mets? <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that. Milwaukee put it. It's like my, I texted my buddy who's a Mets fan. I'm like, do you guys get on the bus today? What's the deal? Uh, Soderstrom, how good do you think he can be? Oh, he can rake. It's just a matter of opportunity. Like how good do you think he can be? There are no Hall of Fame minor leaguers. And I saw Julio Rodriguez come up through the A's or through the Mariners organization. And right away, you knew there was something incredibly special about it. the ability to put the bat on the ball. Even though his swing was being tinkered with, he still was able to have some production. I think when they let him alone and started letting him be Julio is when he became that. I think with Soderstrom right now, I mean, he is a catcher. He has played some first base. We've got a catcher. I mean, as long as he continues to keep his mind on his game and work hard and understand that when it's time to work on defense, I work on defense, and I know I can do this no matter where I'm playing. And as long as I do this, I've got a chance to get to the big leagues. I think he's the type of guy that has a chance to hit in the top, in the middle part of the order. He can hit. He's going to get strong. He's going to hit for power. But, um, the guy is special. He's one of our better guys. It's more than just a whole bunch of fanfare about him. This guy is legit. And quickly, when we judge, how tough is it to judge these great stats that we see at AAA, knowing that you're playing in thin air in the desert, you're playing in elevation? I mean, it's, it seems to me hitters aren't that 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 great and pitchers aren't that bad. It's tough to really decipher the, the, the data. I think the decision – and the judgment has already pretty much been made by the time you're still battling in AAA. Um, because when you separate yourself in AA, you're just one fault call away. Pitchers, I think, is so unfair for them up there in Vegas because the ball flies out yeah. of there. Guys just pop up. So many guys are hitting 45 and 50 home runs up there. You've got to discount that for sure. I mean, basically, all you can do is know your players, know the player, and know what their stuff is and what their stuff is when they're not there in Vegas. So it, it's a little more than just evaluating a guy in one park. That's why guys like myself spend seven months of the year, half of it on the road somewhere, 
finding out different things about these guys. Not only are they comfortable in their own environment, but how do they play on the road? How do they play under a little adversity? How do they handle themselves in different circumstances? All of that stuff matters. So um, it's going to be interesting, but man, 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 he's just a phone call away, bro. <laughs> uh, quickly, when we, I know you're about to head in the bushes. When are you coming out of the bushes and you're on TV? Um, first of May. Um, I'll debut my first uh, suit on the first of May. Oh God! <laughs> I, hey, I know when I'm doing TV with Shooty. I got I got to make sure I bust out a good suit. You can't be you can't be showing up in a seersucker suit. You got to be showing up in your prime. You got to have some prime Italian fabric going. You scare me, my friend. No, you've been representing yourself well, Tony. You're not worried at all, man. It's uh, it's such an honor, man, to be able to do what I do. Um, to represent this organization on both sides. Um, it's really um, unique, and you just don't see it every day, and um, it's because of the grace and, 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 the, and the people here in Oakland. Um, and I can't tell you, um, and I'm one of the luckiest guys in baseball, man, and I hope we get to do this a lot this year and um, get a chance to see this team grow. It's gonna, they're going to take their lumps, man. It's not going to be easy, but um, let's be patient. Let's enjoy watching the maturation of some of these solid, great, um, young players. The great Shooty Babbitt. The big left-hander is coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Kyle Muller, the opening day starter for your Oakland Athletics. Now, let, let, let's think about that for a second. Last time he was on this program was down in Arizona, and we were talking about, yeah, this is your time. Time to be in the rotation. I'm tired of being in the minor leagues. I'm too good for that. Wait a minute, opening day starter? What the heck happened from the time we talked to where we are now? A lot, a lot. I, uh, I'd i be lying if I said, uh, you know, I expected that. I didn't. It was, um, you know, I was just excited to make the team, and then they called me into the office and told me, and I, it's like I had almost talked myself out of that being a possibility. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, so at first, like, mentally, like, I knew how big of a deal it was. So I freaked out. But, like, the feelings, it, got, it caught up to me on Friday when they had it. Because they told me on a Wednesday, they, and then they announced it Friday. So when, you know, it kind of got out there and I had people texting me, that's when the feelings of it, yeah. you know, started to build. But then, uh, man, I'm, I'm, it was the most fun I've ever had on a baseball field, for sure. Like, you think of all the guys – who will pitch in Major League Baseball history, there's a select few that got to be the opening day starter. Right, right. Like, you're now one of those guys. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And I'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. This, uh, So they told me on Wednesday, and then I uh, pitched on a Thursday, so I was thinking about it for an entire week. And, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I am glad that that is over with. I mean, I enjoyed every second of it, but, you know, thinking about that for a whole week was uh, kind of exhausting. Okay. They tell you, yeah. I know you're fired up. You had some interesting uh, words that we can't even say. Yeah, on yeah, show. yeah. Sorry about that. that no, that's <laughs> all okay. Who was your first phone call to? My mom. Yeah, my I called my mom because, uh, uh, you know, we, we still hadn't gotten word that I was on the team, you know. So we were hoping and, you know, just, you know, staying low-key about it. And then uh, – once I found out, I called her, told her I made the team, and then I told her that on top of it, she could she couldn't handle it. She loved it. She was so happy. And then uh, uh, called my dad, fiance, and then all my all my close family friends. So it was it was it was the best. Because I, you know, when we talked to you down in Arizona, right. you'd mentioned to us that your times when you got called up in Atlanta, it was basically 
in AAA, whose ever turn it was, it wasn't like a special deal. Right. It was like whose ever turn it was, you had a bunch of good players down there. Right. And they just called you up. Mm-hmm. This was now different. Yeah. Do you feel different? Um, n- yes and no. Uh, yes being that I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I've got my chance to – to pitch up here on a regular basis and and really take that next step in my you know career, um, so I feel different in that regard. But from like a personality you know person standpoint, not really. Um, you know I'm still going to work just as hard as I was working before. Um, you know even if they told me I was starting day five, like it, that, none of that matters to me. It's just whoever's pitching that day, like they're giving you the confidence and and pretty much saying hey we we're putting you out there because we want to win. You know and that's all five of us. So. Um, you know, it, it didn't really matter where I was slotted the pitch. As long as I was slotted the pitch, I was yeah. going to be the happiest person, you know, on the team. I mean, game plan, you know, the one thing I'm talking about with, with, with a lot of the young starters is it's about pumping strikes, quality strikes, right? right? Not getting into bad counts, not getting your pitch counts up because we know how they want to take everybody out so early. Right. Just how important is it? We know you have terrific stuff. But how important is it to pound the strikes on? Oh, it's huge, and it, it, it keeps you in the game a lot longer. And um, you know, the other day I, I didn't have my best stuff in terms of, of command, but whenever I needed to make a pitch, um, I felt like I, I did a good job of that. And that that comes with you know game plan with Shea. Like I was on the same page with him. We'd come in, we'd talk um, in the dugout, and uh, you know we lived together, so we were talking about it the night before. Like yeah. so, we had a we had a solid plan going into it. But uh, you know, when it when it came down to it, when we needed to make a pitch, we did. So, uh, but yeah, getting in the strike zone it opens up a lot more opportunities because it just makes every other pitch that much better. I talk so much about the process. Everybody, we everybody wants to talk about just about data right. and numbers. Everything is from the neck up. Everybody's got talent, but what are you from the neck up? And part of uh, of being a pro is your routine, your confidence, and how comfortable you are. You mentioned living with Shea Langoliers, yep. but obviously you guys have known each other back from your Atlanta days. How right. much does that help you being so comfortable and trusting him? Yeah, no, so what the best part about it is we have such an open dialogue. Like, he can tell me things that, you know, he might not feel comfortable telling other people, and I can do the same, you know, to him. Um, just because we have that friendship first, and then it's like if we're in the dugout, I'm like, hey, you know, I want to do this to this guy. You know, he has no problem being like, okay, I, you know, that's great, but I think this would be better. Like, we can kind of talk back yeah. and forth. Um, and he probably sees certain things in your mechanics. If they get a little off, he's caught you so much, he can be like, hey, man, you may get a little up a little bit. You're getting around it. I mean, stuff like that. Right, absolutely. And that and that comes with just, you know, talking with him, you know, hanging out and uh, hanging out in the clubhouse. And uh, he's a very personable guy. I'm sure everybody yeah. knows that. So uh, he, he's easy to talk to and, and – you know, he, he does a very good job of listening to kind of like the things we want to do as a, as a pitcher. And um, and he kind of changes his game to accommodate us, which is, is uh, you know, an incredible quality to have in a catcher. So when you're up there, first yeah. inning, opening day, yeah. your heart's racing, racing man. Racing. It's going nuts. And then it's, oh, S-bomb. There's Trout. There's Otani. Yeah. Here it is. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like, you know, I've – as long as I've played baseball, that's those are the guys I want to face. You know, yeah. you, you you don't, you know, grow up wanting to play in the major leagues and face the worst player in the major leagues. You want to face the best. You're always thinking about how would I do against the best. And of course, you know, night one we get Trout number one and number two <laughs> in the world. So no, it was it was the you know such a, a surreal feeling after pitch one. Though I, I I felt you know 
get the jitters out of the way. The crowd was getting going too for that first pitch. Got that out of the way. I settled in, and then um, you know that I've never yelled after the first inning of a baseball game, but like just everything was going. The emotions were high, so it was a it was a blast. Yeah, when you get in here, it's an old stadium. It's it was built for baseball and football. You now kind of understand right. what a sold out Raider game was like, right? Yeah. You get and and the acoustics here, mm-hmm. you All start to see like it's crazy yeah. how loud it gets. Yeah, and I well, I think we we had a really good crowd too. We had like. Almost twenty seven thousand. Right, yeah. and so and all, yeah, all the concrete, all the sound kind of stays in and echoes, and it was just building and building and building, and uh, it was it was so cool. I remember we were uh, on the line for the national anthem. I was just talking to Shay because we have like fifty days of service, you know, like him and me, like so. Uh, we're kind of in the same spot in our careers, and I'm like, dude, we're starting on, you know, opening yeah, day. Like this, awesome. kind of like taking it in a little yeah. bit, but, you know, knowing that we're out there to compete and, and get the win, which we did at the end of the day. And that's what we talked about in spring training. This is the land of opportunity, right. and you're getting that. So, okay, boom, made it happen, first one. Now what is it like, the process? Just take us through. I know you only have so much time, but, right. you know, there's a lot of data. There's a lot of video. There's a lot of things you can – so what's it like now for you before your next start? Yeah, no, it's um, kind of trial and error, to be honest with you. Um, I have all the things that, you know, I know have worked and I can still do throughout the minor leagues in terms of, like, physical preparation and bullpens and stuff like that. Um, you know, the scouting reports and stuff, that's newer to me. Um, and because you're right, there is so much data. So being able to, like – sift through everything and figure out what pieces are useful um, is big because you can definitely get like uh, paralysis by analysis kind of thing. Um, so for me, it's it's just understanding, you know, key part or, you know, key pieces of information that I can use in certain spots during the game. Like if I have guys on base, like, you know, what can I go to? Like, you know what I mean? Like um, just having that knowledge in my back pocket and then going out there, it gives you, you know, physically unprepared, mentally unprepared and, you know, do the best I can you know the number one thing that I took away from our interview is you have belief in yourself Mm -hmm. and it's so interesting when you talk to professional athletes because in the end the only person that matters believing you is you right doesn't matter me my producer Cody hell Kotze Emerson your parents your fiance it's you got to believe you got I mean and it was so much fun talking to you because it's your time. You know it's your time, and you believe. And that's why I'm so happy for you because you, you said, you know what, I'm I'm earning this, I'm taking it, and I'm going to make it happen. Right. And you did. I'm Appreciate so happy that. for you. Congratulations. You and we want to have you on a lot more. Absolutely. And continued success. And let's do this. Let's do this thing. The Big Lefty right here Perfect. on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, here he is, the man myth, the legend, the great Dallas Brayton, now TV star, they go along with baseball star. Yeah, yeah, fallen Fallen star dust. Men want to be him. Women, yeah, you know the rest. What's happening? <laughs> Not much, Uncle Tony. How are we living? Uh, I, I'm good. You know, actually, it's funny having you and Shooty on, and obviously we'll get to the, the team, but. Are you prepared for all that flavor in one in one day? Well, we've been pumping up fantasy camp. How cool it is. Because oh, oh. now we know. Sure. Because we got to see it. And I was telling the story. You got a little it, taste. It was the first day where. You know, I was saying, I've been doing professional sports for a long time, right? So I, I'm supposed to be this jaded guy. And I remember you didn't see me. You and Stu were talking to the pitchers. And Stu's got the hat on. And you guys are talking. You guys are intense. And I was sitting back behind him going, this is really cool. Like, this is, like, super, super cool. It's like, this is this is a guy, like, you two guys and what you mean to this organization. And they're, like taking in every word and i'm like i didn't realize it was this intimate yeah it was this detailed it, it, it's a very fantasy camp special well how intimate does it get we shower together that's how intimate you get to see him nude that, that's how intimate yeah. it gets at fantasy camp but in all seriousness i look forward to it every year for that reason right i get to be for for a week or so on the same team on the same, not on the same level, in the same room as guys like Dave Stewart, Carney Lansford, Terry Steinbach. We had great Barry Zito, right? Yeah. One head of the big three. I mean, when you, when you have folks like that rolling through camp that are taking the time not just to have baseball conversations but really live the baseball life with you for a week plus and, and you have that up, I'm, I don't know how people don't jump all over it, but I, I do know that people do jump all over it because we have an incredible camp each and every year. Yeah, you're playing, and I try, and I can't, I can't oversell it. You're playing the sister course to TPC Scottsdale, where they play the waste management. Mm-hmm. We went over to Top Golf. Yep, there was a happy hour every night. Yep, I, I mean, you you got the trainers, you got the uniform, you got the games. I'm like. For the price, it's a no-brainer. 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 Everything that you thought big league life was about, you get to experience. There's more perks to it that we may or may not be able to divulge over a live stream. There's just so many cool aspects to having that dream realized, so to speak, with some of your childhood yeah. favorite, your hero. Like it just... It really is. For me, the the fantasy camp and the idea of it is a gift that continues to give because they keep asking me to come back. And as long as that happens, I'll keep showing up. And you can't sell yourself short. Yes, you're not going to have the resume of Dave Stewart, but Ace fans love you, and you know that. And that's got to mean I, that's got to mean a lot. Well, it, it, <laughs> Tony, it means the world to me, and uh, it, it, I appreciate that 
just about as much as I appreciate oxygen because it's it's I mean one of the same those are two things that really get me up in the morning right well you're the lead TV analyst there's only 30 teams there's only 30 of these jobs you're one of them uh, and I've been very blessed uh, to be given the opportunity to be the conduit of sorts between what's happening on the field and what our incredible fans are seeing, feeling, thinking, wondering about at home. And that's a responsibility that I take extremely seriously. And I hope I hope it shows. I hope it comes across through the broadcast that I care about this game. I care about our fan base even more so. And I, I want to make sure that they know not only about our great players, but about the players on the other team because they're really good too. So when we get to compare what we have and what we have now and what we could have in the future to what we see star-studded already, I think, again, it's it's my responsibility and it's our job, it's our duty to make sure our fans have that perspective. Overreaction Monday. We've already been doing it. Like, Trace Thompson's better than Clay Thompson. <laughs> uh, the Phillies, it's a must-win tonight in New York as they're now 0-3. Bruce Bochy and the magic of the Texas Rangers. We've only had three, four games, but you know what? There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of people who are interested in baseball who've been brought back by the new rules, mm -hmm. the WBC. We got a lot of momentum. A lot of people having fun with the first three, four days. Overreactions, good or bad, on this Monday. Uh, my overreaction is I think we're going to see an hour and a half ball game. An hour and a half. Can ball it be game. an A's game? Could that, I mean, could you, could you <laughs> when imagine? I have when I have like plans later on for like a barbecue, can it be on that day? Could you imagine what that would be? I mean, what, what happened the other night? You got the Mariners and the Guards squaring off two hours and three minutes. Two hours and three minutes of highly competitive, highly exciting baseball. That's a brand of the game that I don't know anybody sitting in the stands has seen in their lifetime to see, you know, the punch, the counter punch all happening within that that small window of time. That is jam packed full of excitement. I don't think it's going to happen. But if we're overreacting, hell yes, hour and a half ball game. That's on the docket. Some of the greatest prize fights in the history of boxing went five rounds, six rounds, where they just slugged it out. Uh, you can hack turns. Yeah, I mean, uh -huh. some of these they didn't go. They didn't go the full. Uh, for you, you worked fast. You would have loved this. Loved it. Had no problem with it. What I love that I think I'm seeing happening twofolds on two fronts. One on the mound, we're seeing guys start to learn how to potentially utilize that clock to their advantage. They know that the guy at the dish has to be locked in at eight seconds, right? Eight seconds, you, me, locked in, you gotta be ready for me. Well, if I know that you gotta be there at eight seconds, I could start to manipulate that time, right? I could start to take my, maybe I'm ready, you've already stepped out, and here it is, 12, 11, 10. Now I'll just stare a hole through you until we get to two seconds and make you really, really uncomfortable. And if I can utilize that to my advantage, why not? And I think we're starting to see guys do it. We saw Max Scherzer flirt with it a little bit, right, in spring training. But I think guys are starting to get a handle on that. And on the flip side of that, I'm going to say something that uh, unplug your ears. Unplug. No plug. Unplug. Because I don't know if you've heard this in a while. These do exist. Few and far between. A two-strike approach. Stop it. Yes, yes. A no, two, that, that's dead. A two-strike approach. You're not allowed to do that. You want to know why? Because we're seeing these guys step out with two strikes now, right? That's when the hitters are starting to call their timeouts is they get, a, they, they get two quick ones on them. They step out, call time, and you're watching them sort of process the moment. they got to gather themselves, give themselves time. So I'm wondering and I'm hoping, and I do have some insight, that tells me that I think we're starting to see a shift back to guys realize, you know what, with the time and the value and 
my value is going to be in whether or not I can adjust. And if I can start to take advantage of the box I'm being put into or learn how to play in this box, I might extend my shelf life. So now you're seeing guys cut a swing down. Maybe you can use the other side of the field. Why? Because they don't have five guys on that side these days. I say it on the show all the time. It's a game of math. And every single time you do something in the positive, it adds up. So people were worried, like, is this going to mess with the quality? Well, already we're seeing on-base percentage up the first weekend. On-base percentage up, slugging's up. So that means OPS and OPS Plus is up. That's action. Batting average with balls put in play. Action. Up. Action. Batting average up. Stolen bases up. So everything offensively is up, and it's shorter. The rules are working. It's about time. I mean, they've done everything they possibly can to gear this towards the offense, right? I mean, short of short of moving the mound back, they've lowered <laughs> it. They've done everything we possibly can yeah. to play to the hand of the hitters. And I honestly, I have no problem with that because I understand what puts fans in the seats and I understand what puts eyeballs on the television. And I love, I absolutely love lighting the fire underneath that cauldron of competitiveness. Let's get that thing boiling. And I think that's what's happening out here. And, and we're seeing a perfect marriage, Tony, from uh, fans of yesteryear and fans today. They're showing up at the same point. They're watching the same game and they're getting out of it the same thing, which is an exciting brand of baseball that they weren't really aware that existed. Some forgot that it existed and have been holding on to it for years. Others have just been hearing about this mythological baseball game that only takes two and a half hours or so. And now they're getting it and they're realizing this is what we've been missing. Yeah, it's something that it's like the the last thing that needs to be fixed. What would you say if I told you you were only playing once a week? So Seven days, maybe there's a day off, six games in seven days or or seven games in seven days, and I'm telling you, you're only playing once. As a player? As a player. As a, yeah, no, what do you mean? Am I, am I well, terrible? you're in a six-man rotation. Am I on the way out? If you're in a six-man rotation, <laughs> uh-huh. you're playing once a week. Yeah. That's it. Yep. So if I put like a pie chart up about how much you contribute to the overall, if you only play once a week and you're only giving me five innings, you're not giving me a whole lot of production in a, in a, in a, in a uh, week of work. Well, I, I think that um, I, I can understand how that might on the surface feel that way, but the value of the body of work per individual, I think, matters. And you understand that when certain guys take the ball, it might alleviate a certain amount of stress in the bullpen as opposed to a guy who takes the ball on the fifth day of the rotation. You might need a little more out of the bullpen on that day. So his five innings of value, if they're clean and productive, might mean a little more than maybe the the horse's five innings because you expect those five innings to be productive and you expect probably two more or so on top of that, if that makes any sense. So I can understand the five innings of value and how we're not getting you much here. If we start, I can't even believe we're talking about five innings of value. uh, Neither can I. I, (laughs) I, I'm going to need a shower. Once every six days and pitch five innings? I'm going to need to shut What the hell is going on around here? <laughs> but, hey, you know what? That's you all, need to that's, give me eight. Manaya went eight today, that, by the way. That, that's all part of the evolution of this game, though, and I love how, you know, and, and I use this term endearingly and lovingly, the nerds, because the, the, the people who crunch the numbers and, and give you these algorithms and project it, they're extremely important to the game, extremely important to the game. But it's odd and interesting to me how they have, in my opinion, single-handedly brought the value of the starting pitcher and the value of the win 
all the way back. Remember when people were telling us how the wind, like uh, Cody and I have fought all the time. He, winds don't matter. Winds don't matter for a starting pitcher. And I and I keep fighting. And as you mentioned, as the data, the wind's starting to come around. T- T- Cody, you want to get in on this? Well, they're, they're asking the question. This is Dallas Braden. Tell him, tell him, tell him, tell him. Go ahead. Tell him that wins don't matter. Wins don't matter. Wins don't matter. Wins don't matter. So if I got a guy that I'm telling you can roll out there and when we do, he's going to give you a chance to win roughly 15 to 18 ball games. You're not interested in that? I'm interested, but what if he doesn't win the 15 games? No, I just told you that he is. I just told you that he is 15 to 18 times. We've got a guy, based on what we think he's going to do, he's going to roll out there and win baseball games. Yeah, you'll take that. You would love that. And then I'm telling you, because you have that guy, some of the other guys down there in the bullpen that you would really rely upon to win two of the three games out of that series, you're not going to have to use two of those guys because we're going to be in the bonus. We're going to be on the plus side of his ball games. So you're only going to have to use the setup, the bridge, eight and nine. That that would be a dream if that actually happened anymore. And you would be, <laughs> if you were a GM, let me ask you this. Would you be looking to identify guys that might provide you with that productivity? Yeah. Would you be circling those guys and maybe putting them in a category all their own and say, if we can target these guys, this would be great, maybe a 1A sort of target. But if not, then we can look and see how we can mix and match and roll out guys who give us matchups through five. We've got a good bullpen bump, and now we're already getting away from the value of what this guy going 7-8 gives us. Yeah, I think that's what's happened in baseball, though. Is people are Teams are valuing the guys that can go five oh, no question. and go right to the bullpen. That's why, like, I feel – I know we – I always used to grom as the outlier because he's the outlier, but – the guy would go five innings and go up two runs. The Mets would lose 2-1. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, well, he didn't get the win, so he's not any good. No, it's he went five innings, struck but, out 12 but, guys. You know, but, hey, and I want to get in on this because, you know, where I've just crapped on him lately, <laughs> I said, let's use an outlier. Let's use Otani. Otani won 15 games last year. Mm-hmm. In those 15 games, he had a 0.66 ERA. Otani lost nine games. You know what his ERA was in those nine losses? Two and a half. Six point something. Oh. So let's not act like Shohei Otani had nothing to do with those nine losses and a six-something ERA, <laughs> Mr. Outlier. So when these guys don't – it's like – and by the way, DeGrom can't even be an outlier anymore. It's we, been so we, long well, since he mattered. The, okay, so the reason why I, I, I'm this way, and he, Chris has mentioned it plenty of times, it's because of fantasy baseball. Sure. It's a fantasy baseball thing. Uh-huh. From all the years I did fantasy baseball, I didn't care if a guy didn't get a win as long as he got strikeouts, whip, uh, quality starts. And all, you know what? Stuff that- you know what? We get 10 points in my fantasy league for a pitcher dub. <laughs> we value Can the I hell out of it. Can I join that league? We value the <laughs> hell out of it. <laughs> we, 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 did, we, we did a draft, and I literally drafted a guy. I'm, I projected to have the team with the least amount of wins in our league. Yep. Every, every other pitching category, I'm like right there. Wins, I'm dead last. <laughs> By the way, who's in first place? Uh, I believe you are. Oh, okay. Just, oh, weird. Just, just rolled out of the rack. Like, you know. Corbin Burns had one bad start. He'll be fine. Okay. Tough start for sure. the A's, 2023. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's early. Um, these next couple series, though, you've got – I about to say – I keep trying to say the Tribe. we got Guardians in town. Mm-hmm. Obviously fantastic run organization, playoff team. Tito Francona, love them to death. Then you're going to take on Tampa. You're going to have the Mets. I mean, you got you got some playoff teams that you got to face. What's the mindset? Well, it's an early litmus test for for where you're at in a couple different areas, right? Um, I think this this matchup, this series here, defensively, it's going to test you. Why? Because this is a team that does not swing and miss. They put the ball in play. So are you playing sound, fundamental defense? That's going to be tested. 
the pitching staff. This team does not swing and miss. Are you executing in and around the strike zone? Yeah. They're going to find that out over the course of this series. Offensively, you're going to be facing some guys who can fill the strike zone up, guys who know how to manipulate the baseball and please Zach and Bieber here early. So offensively, are you geared up and do you have a game plan in place to attack somebody who is looking at you not as the predator but as the prey? Because those two men go out there with a hunter mentality. I know that. So I think with the guard series, that's something to look forward to. Those few things. Uh, the next series, Tampa, I think a lot of the same thing. Offensively, maybe more so the defensively, will you be tested? Because you're going to deal with that arm barn down there in Tampa. They can <laughs> roll in everybody at you from a 1 o'clock slot. From a 1 o'clock <laughs> slot to a 12 o'clock slot. And they you don't know everybody. who any of them are. They just keep bringing these guys up, and they and all look the same. It's 97 <laughs> with 22 inches of horizontal, and it's good luck, buddy. Yeah. Good luck. It's Pete Fairbanks after Pete Fairbanks exactly after Pete Fairbanks. <laughs> Crazy-eyed psycho. I absolutely love that man. Love and then, him. And then, I mean, the Mets. Yeah. Then, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a good test. Yes, it is. Absolutely. So, I mean – it's it, not much has changed from last year by way of what the season represents, which is a ton of opportunity for a lot of guys who are looking to either reestablish themselves or take advantage of an opportunity that they've come across that they've earned for themselves. And that's what excites me about the season. When I look at the roster is again, it's the steady growth that we have a front row seat to, to watch guys either reemerge or blossom into the big leaguers that they know they can become. What do you want to see? Cause we got young lefties, but what do you want to see early from the young pitchers? What I want to see is guys not afraid to compete with their best stuff. And I think at times you can get scared or chased out of the strike zone or chased out of the hunter mentality and go out there and try to survive. So I would really like to see guys take note of the weapons that they have. Cause we've got some arms here that can get guys out, and I think they just need to be reminded and remember that they're here for a reason. You are a big leaguer. Check that box. Now let's stay a big leaguer, and let's go out there and shove it up, shove it down somebody's throat. You know, a lot of people don't think about broadcasters as having egos because you're watching them on TV, you're watching, you're listening to them on uh, terrestrial radio or streaming on A's cast, and you don't always know the dynamic. And some guys have such a big ego, they don't want the other guys to shine. And I think where you're so lucky is that you work with a guy who is so easy to work with. He's oh. such good people. The whole family is. But when I think about what Glenn, it's just a guy that goes, you know what? Let Dallas Braden be Dallas Braden, right? Let let the let the show be the show, baby. And it, it takes a lot. And, and just how special is it to work with Glenn? Because I don't think Glenn gets enough credit. Well, yeah, I, I can tell you right now he doesn't get enough credit. And there's no way that I'm in the position I'm in without the tutelage of Kipe and obviously, uh, you know, Foss. But to have a guy like Kipe who is, I mean, as professional and silky smooth at what he does as it gets there is none better. And I know that there's a fella across the bay with the same last name yeah. who's done a pretty good job all his own. So it's in the DNA. But to have a guy like Kipe quarterbacking for me and letting me run deep and letting me go up and get it and try to make a play, it, it, it all starts with the trust that he has in me. And really the trust that I think our whole crew, as you mentioned, our whole family has in Kipe to steer that ship and kind of let us be a couple of pirates having fun. Let's end on this. What do you think since you took over full-time, what do you think has changed for you in the role? Um, 
I don't know that much has changed. I think uh, maybe maybe I've put more more pressure on myself to try to do a better job, to try to make sure that the fans that are spending time with us get everything that they deserve out of spending two and a half, maybe three plus hours watching a ball game. They should learn a little about their team. They should hear a story or two about what it's like to be in the big leagues, what it was like to be terrible in the big leagues. I'll take care of that. <laughs> and and what we've got in front of us and what the league is all about and the state of baseball. So I, I think I, if anything, I probably put more pressure on myself to do a better job of that because I believe our fans truly deserve that. And you guys have had a great thing going, and I want to keep my job, so i got to bring up Dallaire. And what he does for you guys also is he's our boss well, also. I mean, just to give you some insight on, on, on Delaire, this is a guy who, uh, you know, he keeps up with me in the offseason, but he called me, and, or he called me, he shoot me a text, and he said, hey, got you a Christmas present. And we got a Telestrator, Downey. We have got a Telestrator <laughs> for our broadcast. Now, I've been, dicking, uh, I've been dip, dipping the pinky toe in there, trying to, you know, trying to figure it out, easing in there. You've got to go all John Madden. Yeah, yeah. And here's the turkey, and then boom. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I've got a handle on it. You know, I don't want to mess anything up. So, But that's the kind of guy he is. He's always thinking about how to make that window, you know, our show, this game, how to make it better for the folks who are spending time with us. And when that happens at the very tip top, it resonates, and it, it trickles down. And so I'm just lucky to kind of be in that in that path. Well, you know, it means a lot every single time you come down. I Always. appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Stay warm. I'll try. Get that heater going. I got icicles <laughs> on this beard. <laughs> That's the great Dallas Braden right here on A's Cast Live. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Chris Townsend. There are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link well, here Soul, on. and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. So, you kind of get the idea if you watch the full show today of what fantasy camp is like having Shooty Babbitt and Dallas Braden. Uh, It's unbelievable. But let's be honest. Let's just be real honest here. And just looking at the schedule. Now, this year, and this is how I always do it, we start we start the year out, and we're going to cover this like, like a normal basis. So it's about winning baseball games. You've got three against Cleveland. You've got four. You got three against Cleveland. You got three against Tampa. And then you got four against Baltimore. Baltimore really should have took two out of three from Boston. So we're going to see, I don't even know, I didn't even look at the notes yet. Baltimore's off. To, no, Baltimore's playing Texas right now. So, but Baltimore was a pretty decent team last year. 83 wins. We'll see if they make the growth 
they claimed they were going to go out and make a bunch of moves in the offseason. They didn't. But we'll see. I mean, the AL East, there's no slouch in the AL East this year. This might be one of the most competitive divisions we've seen in a long time. Uh, if Boston if Boston and Baltimore are really competitive, I mean, overreaction, Boston's already telling the haters they were wrong. But let's just say they are competitive, and now they're not going to beat, beat each other up 19 times a game. Now they're going to have their opportunity to go feast on weaker divisions a little more. Oh, Boston's playing the Pirates right now, and they're losing. Are they at home? Yeah, they're at home. Pirates beating them 7-5. Yoshida hit his first home run, though. Long way to go at Fenway Park. Uh, Brian Reynolds has two home runs. Extend them now. T- toughest 20. Does anybody care? Um, but that could be really interesting, watching just the AL East and how it progresses throughout the year. And once again, if they're all really competitive and now they don't have to play each other as much, instead of 19-13, how they go and feast on everybody else. That will be uh, that'll be something to watch. But I tell you what, for the A's, you got three against Tampa, four against Baltimore, and then back home against Cincinnati. So Mets. I mean, against the Mets, then, then Cin- Cincinnati. Actually, no. Then it's the Cubbies. Cincinnati's later in the month. So you go three against the Guardians, three against Tampa at the Trop, four against the Orioles. At Camden Yards, then you come home three against the Mets. What is the record going to be on when we look up and it's the 17th against Chicago? What's the record going to be? That's going to say a lot about where this season is going because you're already minus 17 in run differential after three games. Yeah, uh, that's never a good sign. Which Billy Bean always told me run differential is a big deal. It is. Unless you're the Mariners and you play with a fun differential. We don't have the fun differential <laughs> going yet. We don't, Thank we, you. we don't have a Julio Rodriguez walking around. No, this, so we, okay. do not, we do not have the old uh, fun differential. Who started the fun differential? Seattle. I know. Who started? I think it was their – I thought their manager. I thought Scott Service was the one that said it. Scott Service it. was the, origin- Service the, one, I think was the originator of the yeah. fun – He was the OG fun on – Fun differential. <laughs> I think he said about – they were asking, they asked him about the run differential. He goes, I don't know, but yeah. we lead the league in fun differential. It was funnier <laughs> in hell when they said it because their run differential was terrible, but they were winning. Yeah. And then they made the playoffs last year. But he said that, I think, two years ago. What was that so 2021? When the Mariners had a winning record, didn't make it. Then last year they made it. But, yeah, he had the whole fun differential. It was actually a thing. They put it on baseball reference. Fun differential and whatever you know, they make a whole their own thing for it. And and when you talk about how a major league baseball season works, you know certain 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 guys, it doesn't matter what the record's going to be, they're going to have a job, and they're going to be here and they're going to play. Other guys, that's that's not the case. So the this next couple weeks, guys are playing for whether they're going to be in the big leagues or not, or they're going to get moved on. And whether they go back down or they're going back out onto the market. So these games are really big for certain players because we know how this organization works. If we're a couple weeks in and it's not going real well, there's going to be changes made, especially if you see some really hot starts down at Vegas. Yes. Kevin Smith had three home runs yesterday. The numbers are going to be – he's got four already. Four. Since September 9th of last year in Vegas, he has 15 home runs. I mean, he's been killing it. So it's these games for our players right now, these are big. 
And you cannot say, ah, it's just the start of the year. Most of these guys won't get that. This is not the luxury of having a bunch of guys on guaranteed contracts, and they're going to be here no matter what. And they can say, ah, it's early. Our players can't do that. Yeah, for sure. Ah, it's early means you're out of here in two, three weeks. I mean, I mean that's just the life of being in a, in a market on a team. It's tough to say market because we're actually in a big market, but it's tough. It's tough to, you know, you you don't have a bunch of this guy's got ten years, this guy's got seven years, he's got five years guaranteed, this guy's got three years left. We've got two guys guaranteed next year. That's it. Out of twenty six, there's two of them. Peterson and Diaz. That's it. Everybody else is not guaranteed anything. So you're playing every at-bat, every inning, you're playing for something. So these next couple, this next, you know, the three against uh, Cleveland, four, three against Tampa, four against Baltimore, three against the Mets, and here comes the Cubbies. Then you're going to have the Rangers. You're going to see the Rangers for the first time, and then the Angels again. This stretch right here, how this – I have written down the 26-man roster – how many of these guys are going to be here by the end of that? We will see. Yeah. Um, I think we could circle some guys we think will be the first ones out if we think make some moves from Vegas because we see, like we mentioned, Kevin Smith, four home runs already this year, three yesterday. J.J. Blade hit two yesterday. Tyler Soderstrom's hitting like 556 or whatever it is. Uh, I think he's going to be here sooner than later. Um, I don't think that we're going to wait until July for him. I think maybe mid-May, June. Well, if you don't care about his clock, and we always talk about how that's not something we do, he could be here a lot quicker than you think. Yeah. It's always a treat to have on one of the top play-by-play men, really in the history of our game. Tom Hamilton has been 34 years he's been the voice of the Cleveland Guardians. 34 years. He's a legend. He has some of the greatest calls. And earlier today, he came down on the field to join me to talk a little bit about this series. Here on Ace Cast Live, it is always an honor to have on one of the legendary voices in Major League Baseball. Tom Hamilton is with us. And we're getting him on video for the first time. All these years, we've had him just on the audio platform. Now we're going to have him on the video platform. And uh, it's great to have you. How are you? And uh, you're in the sunshine in California. Which we haven't seen since we left Arizona. So, Chris, thank you for the kind words. Great to to be with you. And, uh, yeah, we just left Seattle where, you know, pretty much rain like it normally does this (laughs) time of year in Seattle and temperatures there in the 40s. But you got all four games in because of the cover. And, you know, now you know you're going to play here come here into Oakland. So, we're fortunate in that everybody, I think, that trains in Arizona would love to open on the West Coast, knowing you'll play the games and, and you've got one of those trips out of the way with a much shorter flight uh, to get here. Well, Ken Korak was just here, the Bay Area Radio Hall of Famer, and the two of you down here. Uh, I think of your guys' career, but let's talk about your career because when, when I think about you, you are truly one of the legendary voices, wow. and we get all your great calls and all your great home run calls on MLB Network when we're watching Quick Pitch. I mean, when I think Cleveland Indians I, I or Cleveland Thank Guardians, you. I think you. Uh, that's very kind, Chris. I, you know, I've been very blessed. I know that. I'm very fortunate, you know, to have this job for what is now my 34th year. So uh, I felt like I won the lottery when I got that phone call in January of 1990 saying that the job was mine if I wanted it. And I haven't worked a day in my life since. So 
Not many people go through life not feeling like they've worked. Now, I've been bragging about the Guardians all last year because I, I, I view myself as much as I got to be into the the data and the analytics. I like old school baseball. I didn't like how every frat franchise was becoming the three true outcomes. Home run, strikeout, walks. And what made me love the Guardians, not only Terry Francona, but just the way you guys play baseball. And we talked to you about it. It's about run prevention. It's yep. about playing defense with gold glovers. It's about throwing strikes. It's about really good pitching. It's about timely hitting. It's just not all about hitting home runs. We're rooting for you guys to beat the Yankees <laughs> in the postseason. But here you are again, a club built like that. And the Guardians are really, they are a top-notch, tough team to beat. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris. It, it's kind of like the ball club was a year ahead of everybody else. Yes. Even though nobody knew these rule changes were going to come now and what they would all be. But, you know, and again, uh, the, the beauty of Tito, and obviously you folks had him here a year as a coach, but it's not about Tito's way as far as, you know, you've got to play a certain brand of baseball. The only thing you have to do with Tito is play hard play the game the right way, respect the game, you can play for Tito. But if he's got a ball club like he had in Boston, you know, with Big Poppy and Manny Ramirez and Fenway Park and the Green Monster, well, he can play bash your head in uh, with the best of them. But he's been able to adapt to, you know, obviously a revenue stream that isn't the same in Cleveland as it is in Boston. You're playing younger guys. You know, Chris, last year they had 17 kids make their major league debut and still win 92 games, win the division, and and nearly get to the ALCS, taking the Yankees to game five. And they did it because Tito preached it from day one, that, guys, the way we're going to make up for maybe the lack of big boppers and experience is we're going to do the little things better than everybody else. And it's kind of become a forgotten art going first to third yeah, and putting the ball in play. Now, I, again, Chris, I think – Everybody is going to look at that now with the rule changes being what they are. I just saw we had something like 80 stolen bases opening weekend. And, you know, that's more than double what uh, we had a year ago for opening weekend. And so um, how the game is being played is going to go back maybe 50 years. <laughs> and, and I think the great thing about it, Chris, is we're bringing back athleticism. The thing I like about the the lack of a shift, everyone talks about, you know, the base hits that were taken away from the shift. I think about some of the great players we had in Cleveland, Omar Vizquel and Robbie Alomar up the middle. You know, they put on a highlight show almost every night because of their range. That would have been neutered had they played in the era of the shift because you didn't have to have range. You better have range up the middle now. You better have good athletes. And uh, I think I think we're going to see, and I, to this point we're hearing about it, Everybody loves what's going on. And finally, we're getting some positive vibes about baseball and instead of all these negative stories we've seen down through the years. No doubt. I mean, that was one of the things we focus on was the momentum from everybody wants to know about the new rules and then the WBC, which was so big and got a lot of people's interest. I couldn't remember the last time we had such great momentum for yeah, our sport going into the season. I like how you bring up, you know, Roberto Alomar was essentially a shortstop playing second base. I mean, the beauty of his athleticism with Vasca, with Omar Vizquel, I mean, the, it almost – it would be a shot at them to say that yes. you guys need to be in a shift. And to take, I mean, their range was their strength. So, I, yeah, I, it's a, 
so much that what we have seen, baseball has hit, hit it out of the ballpark with the new rules, especially. I couldn't believe this. Now, the overall game has changed. Last one but nine any dramatic an change half an hour and you know chris i don't get so hung up on time a game look I, I all of us would complain about games that were going three and a half four hours and it was a three to two ball game to me it's about pace of play you know there are some two and a half hour games that are too long and there are some four hour games that aren't long enough there wasn't anybody complaining about game seven of the 2016 World Series when Cleveland and the Cubs had that dramatic ending and Rajay Davis hitting a two-run homer to tie it in the eighth inning and extra innings and whatnot. But it, it's about pace of play. And, and I think we were losing a younger generation. You'd look around the ballpark and they're all looking at their phones. Mm-hmm. You don't want no people coming to the ballpark looking at their phone. They do that now. They're going to miss something on the field. And You look at the AL Central. I mean, twins are going to be good. Yep. And then, of course, you guys. I mean, no offense to Kansas City and Detroit, but this could be a really fun summer and three-horse race. Yeah, I think it could be, Chris. And it was, despite the five in a row at first week in September, and suddenly we had three teams within a game or two of each other with a month to go, and it looked like we were starting to, to run out of steam. And the ball club went 24 and eight then from that point forward and and happening around Labor Day. But I thought we had that kind of a race going into September or a year ago, but I, I agree with you. I think Minnesota and Chicago are, are much better than what they were a year ago, much better than what their records were a year ago. And, and it's still, um, we were relatively injury free a year ago. We've already lost Sam Hentges out of the bullpen, Tristan McKenzie out of the rotation. You have to be lucky, too, from a health standpoint to to win a division title. Jose Ramirez, you've seen so many great players in Cleveland. Where where do you rate him in the all-time greats in Cleveland? I don't think he's gotten enough publicity or credit for being one of the all-time greats. I think he will, Chris, because he's going to play his career, if not all of it, certainly the majority of it in Cleveland signing that long-term extension at the end of spring training a year ago. He's as good as anybody that we've had. He could have played on those mid-90, late-90 juggernaut stacked. teams. Yes. They were stacked. And he would have played. Yeah. And he would have been in that lineup, and he would have fit in just great. Um, I think he's one of the best players in all of Major League Baseball that's probably the least publicized. I mean, Chris, three times he's been top three in voting for American League Most Valuable Player. And, you know, he's done that a lot of times without a lot of protection behind him. And so he led the major leagues in intentional walks a year ago and yet had 126 RBIs. And he plays really well at third. But more importantly, Chris, when your best player plays the game harder than everybody else, boy, for you as a manager, you don't have to say anything else to the other guys on the team because they need to step up and play like Jose does. And, you know, he, he just, to me, he's what Derek Jeter meant to the Yankees. Robin Young meant to Milwaukee, a George Brett to Kansas City. Your best player 
also played the game harder than anybody. And those guys are hard to find. And what you mentioned there, when you're talking about those players, they all wanted to remain in those cities. And that yes. was kind of the tough thing about Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez was that guy, but chose to leave for the bigger free agent hall in Boston to where Jose has said, you know what? I yeah. want to be here. And he signed here. How important is that? Whether we're talking about Oakland or we're talking, you mentioned George yeah. Brett in Kansas city or a Kirby pocket in Minnesota. I mean, now even look at Cal Ripken in Baltimore, these serve Tony Gwynn in San Diego, right. where you get brought up with a franchise and you say, you know, no matter, could I get some more money? Yes, but I want to be here and I'll sign for the deal that works for everybody. It's refreshing when somebody says I'm happy. And why do I want to disturb that happiness? And Jose made it abundantly clear to our owner a year ago, I want to stay in Cleveland. And that's why our owner gave him a no-trade clause. Chris, literally, we're sitting on the tarmac at the Phoenix airport to leave camp and go to Kansas City to open our season. We were delayed taking off because Jose was either going to come to an agreement with the ball club and come up the stairs and fly with us to Kansas city, or he was getting on another plane and going to his new destination because he would have been traded when he walked through that plane and the entire back of the plane where the players are went wild. All of a sudden you went like, okay, we have a chance. That was the turning point of the season. Jose walking down the aisle of the plane because it it changed everything. Like, if you know what it's like to be on a team plane, yeah. it doesn't matter which sport, to be on a team plane and to know that you were waiting yeah. for, and this is the guy, this kind of is like, all right, let's go. You knew they weren't cheering for the bison burgers that were going to be served. <laughs> <laughs> when are the cocktails? Uh, when's this going to happen? Uh, coming here, you know, it's emotional for us all the time. But I think it's got to be emotional for you. And, and we all know how much our beloved Ray Fossey oh meant to the Cleveland franchises. I went out to Heritage Park. That's where they have all their statues and plaques. I did an interview with Ray Fossey in Cleveland from wow. his plaque. It meant a lot to him. It meant a lot to me. It was very emotional. And I know what he means to everybody back there. How tough is it to come here and there's no Ray Fossey? It's not the same, yeah. you know, and, and it wasn't. You know, it's. I still have a hard time believing it. it's reality, you know, because, you know, we had seen Ray you know, throughout that season and, and thought everything was fine and, and, um, didn't realize, you know, at what point he was. And, you know, it, it's a loss, not only to everybody in baseball, but in particular to Oakland as well as Cleveland, but it's just a loss to mankind. He's one of the best human beings I've ever met because Chris, his love of the game never dimmed no matter what was going on or no matter how long he had been in it. And this was a guy that was a great player and, and probably was on a path to the hall of fame without the collision on, you know, the play at home plate with Pete Rose. Everybody knows that, but I never once heard Ray complain. Why me? Why did that happen to me? And, and how tough he was to play with that broken shoulder. uh, Most of the second half in Cleveland uh, I, I just, you know, you always feel very, um, a lot of gratitude and luck that he was a guy you got to meet and actually call a friend. It was, I think that was the other thing, Chris, I think everybody that ever met Ray said, man, I, you know, Ray thinks I'm a good friend. Ray <laughs> always made you Loves feel, people. yeah, Love that, people. that, that this, 
our world needs a lot more Ray Fossey. Let's end on this because this is going to air, and then right after this will be the national championship game between <laughs> UConn and San Diego State. And my man here was a legendary uh, voice oh. on the Big Ten Network. The Big Ten, the Big Ten Network, we now everybody's got one, but the Big Ten was the first one. And that's what got everything started. And the Big Ten Network has always been the best, best produced and everything. And you were a huge part of that. So San Diego State basketball, there's a little bit of a connection with the people you know with San Diego State basketball. Yeah, I mean, before the Big Ten Network, I was doing Big Ten games starting in the 90s. Um, I mean, it was Raycom, then it was Creative Sports, then it was ESPN Regional. But I got so lucky to start doing Big Ten basketball in maybe the best era of Big Ten basketball, Gene Cady, yeah. Bobby Knight, Lou Henson, uh, Jim Dutcher at Minnesota, uh, Clem Haskins after that. You can go on and on, but at that time, Steve Fisher was the head coach at Minnesota, uh, Michigan, and Brian Dutcher was his right-hand man. And, you know, they're the guys that really turned the program around in Ann Arbor and then came out to San Diego State. And, I mean, they became a force almost – you know, immediately under Coach Fisher. And then now to see Brian take it even another step further and to, to see how excited uh, Steve Fisher is in the stands yes. for what is going yeah. on. His son, an assistant coach who is battling ALS, which I think is one of the great stories uh, in all of sports. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Brian Dutcher in San Diego State tonight. I, I think it would cap off what's been a, a wonderful, crazy uh, March Madness. Now it's April, obviously. I don't know. Well, you're from Sandy. You have to be rooting for Sandy. Oh, yeah, yeah. State. But no one had him going this far. I was no. actually Marcus Simeon last night, our old shortstop, but now with the Rangers after Sunday Night Baseball, uh, they had an interview with him, and they were talking about inside the Rangers clubhouse. He said after the Sweet 16, they had to redo all their brackets because <laughs> nobody had UConn or San Diego State. UConn, though, has been drilling people. Well, they are, and, you know, Danny Hurley has obviously proved that, you know, he kind of, I always thought, took a backseat. His dad, the legendary coach at, uh, what, St. Anthony's, and then, of course, his his brother Bobby, we know about his career. You know, you're happy for Dan Hurley, but sure hope Brian Duster is the guy holding the gold tonight. Well, I got to tell you, it's an absolute honor every single time we have you on. Thank you. And I wish we had, you guys were here more often, but uh, as I said, from a distance, you know, Tito was so great to us in San Diego. Actually, speaking of San Diego, he made sure to make an appearance here on Ace Cast <laughs> Live because of what Oakland has meant to him. Yep. Steve Vucinich, oh, uh, we yeah. had the retirement party. Uh, Terry came to the yep. retirement party down in Arizona. So you guys have always been so good to us. But I just love the way you guys play. You guys, you guys play. You guys play the way I want to watch baseball on a nightly basis. Well, thanks, Chris. And uh, always great to be with you. Love your show and appreciate you whenever you ask me. And you are a legend. Thank you so much. And let's do this regular uh, later in the season. Thank you, Chris. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. That's the legendary voice of the Cleveland Guardians, Tom Hamilton, who we talked to earlier today. Before we go, James Caprillion on the mound, first start of 2022, 2023, sorry. His first start last year was uh, on May 1st against the Guardians. So he's making his first start this year against the Guardians as well. Cap versus Police Act coming up. A's total access with Chris Townsend coming your way in about five minutes. We want to thank Tom Hamilton, Shooty Babbitt, 
Dallas Braden, and Kyle Muller for joining Ace Cast Live today. Tomorrow we're going to have Stephen Kwan of the Guardians, our good friend from Fremont. He'll be on with us. We're hoping to have Emo, Scott Emerson, and Jace Peterson of the Oakland Athletics. Uh, like I said, Chris Townsend will be coming your way with Ace Total Access in about four minutes. We'll see you tomorrow on Ace Cast Live starting at 4 p.m. right here at the Coliseum. This is Chris Townsend. There are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.